Hey, Teresa. Yes, Travis? What do you do with a dirty baby? I don't know. You give it a baby shower. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm, you know, hanging in there. Yeah. There's, uh, it's the home stretch now for me, literally and figuratively. <laughs> That's true. We just found an apartment in Cincinnati, so we'll move in there soon. And we're, what, five weeks out? Something like that from six, having a baby? Five or six weeks, yeah. Also, we just had our third year wedding anniversary, so happy well, uh, anniversary, my love. That's why this is going up late. We spent the day just enjoying each other's company. That's not true. We just had stuff to take care of. <laughs> well, I mean, I did enjoy your company while we did it. I enjoyed your company as well. I think, you know what? I think you're great. Let's get married. <gasps> That's a great idea. <laughs> Let's do it all over again and get a whole bunch of new presents. Speaking of presents. Oh, is that your segue? Yeah, I think so. That's what just <laughs> happened. I didn't plan that, but it did come out, didn't it? So we're talking about baby showers this week. We've already had one. We've got another one coming up pretty soon. Tell me anything about baby showers. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I would like you to tell me how you feel about baby showers. Because I am a female, and traditionally baby showers are female centric whereas you are a male tell me about how you feel about this okay um well i would say that movies and tv have made me think that baby showers are full of weird little games with melted chocolate and diapers and weird things along that line but i i think that so much of it is a social construct i mean any party thing we talk about on the show is a social contract. I don't, I don't know that there's anything like we're born inherently having birthday parties. <laughs> but uh, we did um, baby shower at the peddler here in Huntington uh, that dad and Carol threw for us. And it was fine. Like there was nothing inherently gendered about it as far as like only being for women or only being for men. It seems to me like that's the same as like, I bet you could make birthday parties that are females only like sweet 16 parties, but that doesn't mean you can't also have birthday parties where everybody's included. Okay. Um, Because at the end of the day, it, it seems like it's just exists to help the new parents to furnish what they need for their babies. It doesn't even seem like it should be limited to, people who are pregnant it seems like you should be able to do it for adopting too well so i think that you have a a fairly progressive view in all things yes yes of the of the baby shower um whereas that is not always been the case um and i think that that is highlighted by um the fact that you know in movies and tv we tend to only see ladies at baby showers giggling and, you know, sipping, I don't know, mimosas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. That sounds like a thing. Sometimes virgin <laughs> mimosas. Yes. Which is just, is, isn't that just orange juice? Just orange juice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess you could put like sparkling grape juice in there, but gross. You could put, you could put um, seltzer. You could put, you know, sparkling water in it. Make I it bubbly. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. So, as we normally do, let's go way back. Way, way, way back. Way, back. That's the sound of the machine. Oh, is it? Yes. The machine that we cannot legally call the way back machine. <laughs> okay. So, back in ancient Egypt, um, they didn't hold baby showers per se, but there was a religious aspect to a woman becoming a new mother. Mm-hmm. Um. So although this may seem kind of macabre, um, they waited until after the child was born because Mm -hmm. of high infant mortality rates and, you know, just not putting the cart before the horse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. That's actually an interesting thing that Sydney has pointed out to me before and to the internet before, 
which is she talked about that everybody talks about that like life you know uh, uh, that people used to die younger, but really what it is is the infant mortality rate was so high that the it the average was much lower because the infant mortality rate lowered the average, and hmm. so as we were able to keep babies alive more and more, the average raised. Because you didn't have so many like infants adding, well, this is all very macabre, but it, it's better now. That's the good <laughs> it's day. better now. In many parts of the world, it is better now. Um, so then, once the infant arrived, uh, the mother and child were secluded so that the quote, pollution of birth could be contained and eliminated. Okay. Yeah. Gross. I mean, I guess it is pretty messy, but like, come on. Gross. Gross. Um, often for up to 14 days. So no, like, you didn't get your party till then. Um, sometimes that you didn't sense, even. Man, if I just had a baby, I wouldn't want someone to be like, you had your baby at noon, party at six. <laughs> uh, sometimes even having to wait up to 40 days for some sort of ritualistic festivals. Um, but the thing is, because this is a female-centric event, there really isn't a lot written down about it because it's a patriarchal society. Tell me about it. Well, so let's move on. We're going to move on to ancient Greece again. I will also say, just to jump in here, this also reminds me of, I think it's in Eat, Pray, Love. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about like going to an event that was basically like for a baby that with like a bunch of blessings and people like, you know, doing events for the baby with like you know a shaman and stuff and the baby and so it makes a lot of sense to me to have these events where it's not just like i got you a onesie but also that there's like a religious that it's sprung out of that that Mm -hmm. it came that these events came out of this isn't just about giving gifts it's about like religion and um you know blessings and making sure that you start your life off right Mm -hmm. that kind of thing uh, like I said, again, in ancient Greece, it was also... Like a christening. You know? Sure. Yeah. Kind of. Where you literally, like, shower a baby with water. I don't know. I've never been to a christening. <laughs> Is that what happens? Um, I think it depends on your denomination exactly what happens at a christening. Okay. Fair enough. Anyways, you are saying ancient Greece. Ancient Greece. So on the fifth to seventh day after the child has been born and they've done the whole cleansing thing. Yes. Um, the child would be welcomed by a ceremony called Amphidromia. Okay. I think so. I think that's it. Uh, which roughly translates to running round, meaning the father would uh, walk or run around the hearth several times symbolizing the infant's integration into the household. Okay. Um, And then shortly thereafter, the mother would return to her place in society. uh, And this returning to society, as opposed to being kind of cloistered away, was marked with a meal, right? So there's something we do at baby showers. People eat. Yes. Um, But instead of receiving gifts for herself... Uh, the mothers would dedicate gifts to the main birth goddess, Elithria. 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 That's probably it. We'll just call her Ellie. <laughs> um, who's uh, who would have a sanctuary, and you would kind of like dedicate those gifts and sacrifice and things like that. Um. Consequently, for many women at this time period, giving birth was really the only way for them to gain recognition. So like providing the family for their marriage um, and women who did were unable to provide a child for their husband were often divorced. Yeah. You know, a lot of things have changed um, and, you know, a lot of things have stayed the same, but. When you when we watched, uh, we've been watching a lot of horrible histories on uh, the BBC, and when they talk about you know Henry VIII and you know I think about how often throughout history marriage existed solely to provide like a male heir or uh, you know to continue the family line, mm-hmm. and 
how different is now in you know countries like America where people are able to say like no we're not interested in having kids but then we always get questions where people uh, we got these on my brother my brother and me a lot where people would ask questions like how do I tell my family like we just aren't interested in having kids people keep we've been married for three years and people just keep asking and if you think about it it is very frustrating that people won't just let people make that decision for themselves Mm -hmm. but like we have thousands and thousands of years of history behind us pushing against the ability to make that decision for yourself you know what i mean so like it's a a relatively recent thing like historically speaking where you could be married and not want to have kids and that was fine Mm -hmm. you know because it used to be a much bigger legal issue it used to be a much bigger thing so like yeah it's it's weird quote unquote contextually now that we have the ability to be like you know what we're just not interested in having kids or we do but we're gonna have kids because we want to or we're gonna wait a while there's no like all of that is Mm -hmm. fairly new it is moving on to the middle ages um childbirth didn't really get any easier It, it was still very dangerous I mean, we did go through a whole period, if I remember correctly, called the Dark Ages, at which point our medicine didn't exactly, like, spike into, you know, quality. Right. Um, And there was a lot of, um, I'm going to say, let's just say religious-based superstition. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to single out any one religion, but mostly Christianity. It, it was just a time period in which it wasn't necessarily science-based. Right. Um, where um, should a mother die during childbirth, the child was extracted and quickly baptized because one of the popes at the time had decreed that any unbaptized infant would go straight to hell. So then this baby shower didn't didn't really exist in the way that we know it today. They weren't melting candy bars into diapers in the Middle Ages? No. No? This was the actual baptism, like you were talking about. Gotcha. Um, which really usually occurred, like, the day it was born, because they wanted to make, those, make sure those kids get baptized quick. Gotcha. Um, and the mother didn't often attend. She was probably busy recovering. Well, and she was confined for up to 40 days, again, because it was unclean. Wow. Yeah. Hey, hey old-timey medieval dudes, not cool. Mm-hmm. It's but a, this is It's where... a rough, rough stuff to give birth to a baby. Maybe, unless you're saying 40 days confined in a spa where, like, she was waited on hand and foot. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but this is where godparents come in, right? Mm-hmm. So not only were they... Um, appointed as like a spiritual tutor for the child, um, they also were expected to give gifts. So much so that um, the church had to actually step in and relegate how many pairs of godparents one child was allowed to have because people were like, this is great. They're supposed to give us gifts. Let's have like 20 pairs of godparents and then we get tons of stuff. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a racket. <laughs> so they had to step in and say that you can't have that many. To be fair, that that would be like now if the church stepped in to let you know how many people you could invite to your baby shower. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> I'm going to invite 400 people. And the Pope was like, no, no. It's too much. You have 20 people at your baby shower. The Pope says so. I'm the Pope. Hello. <laughs> Me again. Just just jumping in here to let you know. 20 people. No, I see you with 21. Nah, get one of them out of here. All right. Well, so during the Renaissance is when we really start to get to something that kind of resembles a baby shower. Okay. Where um, even before the child is born, women are given gifts uh, consisting of like very practical things for the home, even bowls, trays, paintings, sculptures, clothing. You know, for the baby. So the baby mm-hmm. can be like, look at that statue. Sometimes for the baby. Um, and uh, there's one thing in particular, a childbirth tray. I don't know if it's for 
decorating the walls or catching the baby. I'm not quite sure. A childbirth tray. But they were often... It's for serving crudite <laughs> at the childbirth. But they were Push, often... push, broccoli, <laughs> carrots, cheese, anybody? Prosciutto? They were inscribed with well wishes for the child and the mother. Um, and... They were, oh, okay, so they were used to carry food and gifts to the new mother, and then they were served as decorations. I, to be Sorry, fair, I, I wasn't th- quite wrong there then with my crudite joke. No, you weren't quite wrong, and I wish I had read that exact <laughs> sentence before I said give birth on. Weird. Well, that's fair. Who knows, you know? Desperate times. So this often happens in in our uh, our histories where guess what happened to make baby showers cool? Uh, Queen Victoria. No. Yes. Queen, was Queen Victoria? Queen Victoria. And that fool had like nine babies. She did. She did. Um, so, but still, even though Queen Victoria spent a lot of her lifetime pregnant, um, well, I don't want to say a lot of her life. At least she 81 for months. A long time. Did she have nine babies? She did have nine babies. So 81 months of her life. 81 months of her life were spent pregnant. It was still con- considered taboo to be pregnant and like out in outside the house. So like we talked about before with um, pregnancy, once you were showing, you basically just chilled at home. Like you didn't accept visitors or anything like that. Um, we should be clear, I, you know, because only because I, I this is a thing that I've learned over and over again as you have been pregnant. I said 81 months, but it would be more appropriate and more precise to say closer to 360 weeks. Yes, because 40 weeks does not directly translate to nine months. Correct. And so nine months is just kind of a good rounding down because some months have 31, some have 30. February's got 28. So they don't just say, you know, nine months because it's actually closer to like ten, uh, like nine and a half, nine and three quarters, ten sometimes. Thank you for being precise, dear. Well, you got to be precise when you're talking about history and facts because I don't want anyone <laughs> saying, well, you said hey, do I? I know. I know. I, I Listen, know. I know. So again... They would have a party, but after the baby was born, because pregnancy was a taboo and wasn't, you know, it was just like the word ankle. (laughs) Frowned upon in polite society. Do you think that that had to do with like when you, to, to some aspect, if you saw a pregnant woman, like you knew that she was pregnant because she had had sex. So like, I mean, Victorians, pretty straight laced, pretty button up. So do you think that it was the idea of like, well, that's only one step removed from sex. So like, it's, it's inappropriate. Possible. It's possible that that's a connection. But um, people like Queen Victoria are actually quoted as saying that um, pregnancy was just ugly. Oh, that's not cool. That it just wasn't very becoming. And this that's uh, something taken from a woman who, like we said, spent a lot of her young life pregnant. So she just didn't, she didn't like the way it looked. That's unfair. Sorry. <laughs> That's unfair. Here's, and I'll say the other thing too. People also go the other way and like go out of their way to tell pregnant ladies like, oh, you're glowing. You're so beautiful. Oh, you're so, listen, it's just a thing. <laughs> this is pregnancy. Let's not idolize it and let's not judge it. It's a thing that if it didn't happen, none of us would be here. That's it's a very true. practical, necessary thing. And it just is what it is. It's not about whether it's beautiful or weird or ugly or whatever. It's a very necessary part of life. So again, they would have a baby shower after the baby was born. And it was usually more like a tea party than anything else. Just a gathering of ladies who would eat and drink and gossip. And um, sometimes gifts were given, especially by the grandmother. Uh, Traditionally, a grandmother would give a gift of silver in some shape or form. You get a lot of silver rattles from that time Silver period. rattles, silver spoons, things like that. Is that where born with a silver spoon in their mouth comes from? I don't know. Probably, though, right? Maybe. If there were silver spoons being handed out. Get on the internet. No, I'm too lazy. <laughs> That's why I have you to tell me all this stuff. Oh, boy. 
And it was at this time where a woman having a, a second child might expect a, quote, sprinkling instead of a shower. Okay, because we had someone ask about this. This is like a light baby shower, right? This yeah, is... baby shower light. Interesting. And is that just, it, it makes more sense to me now in the context of the presents people give. Because if you get like a crib and like stuff you can reuse, mm-hmm. you don't need as much stuff exactly. from a second shower. Yeah, the, yeah. The desegregation. I mean, like- yeah, you really don't. You have all a lot of your stuff already. So, um, my understanding of a sprinkling is it's more like just a party, and you could give things like that that aren't reusable, like diapers and ointments and lotions and things like that. But yeah, more more just a party. You know that middle child thing starts <laughs> so early, even before they're born. We're judged and we don't get celebrated as much. All right, all right. I need a minute. Nah, just don't tell the baby that. Okay. Baby will be fine. So then there really wasn't much change until the baby boom of the 1950s. There were just so many babies. Well, everyone was coming back from war um, and getting busy. Yeah. They yeah. get busy living, you know? Those baby boomers, that baby boom generation is like, um, as far as the allied forces is worldwide. It's it's in America, it's in England, um, parts of Australia also experienced a baby boom, all kinds of places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then... This is where the the baby shower really starts to come into what we know today, where you would give a lot of gifts to help lessen the burden of having a ba- having a new baby. I imagine that this is also, um, you know, we also see in like the fifties and sixties. We've talked about this a couple times on the show, mm-hmm. and also boom in capitalism and advertising. Exactly, where you would make shopping trips organized around the baby. Um, there was kind of like a um, a a playful, I want to say, a, a playful way of decorating the house with baby bottles and bows. And, you know, I don't think they had diaper cakes just yet. Um, but, you it's know. It's not diaper cake. You melt the candy in the no, diaper. No, no, That's a totally different thing. It is? A diaper cake is where you you take the diapers and you arrange them in such a fashion where they look like a tiered cake. Why? Pinterest. Okay. I would just be so sad if I was like, a cake. Oh, it's diapers? Cool. Cool. I was expecting cake. That's fine. Um, another thing that was started around this time is the idea of the the gift opening at the shower, mm-hmm. um, where you would set the, the mother-to-be in a little chair kind of in the center of a room, she would open the presents and then the presents were passed around for everyone to ooh and awe at. Capitalism. Capitalism. All about things. Material goods. This is really the time where we are celebrating a woman coming into like her own sort of new plane of motherhood, mm-hmm. right? Where... A lot of the things that are established, especially during this era of the of the baby boom, kind of infantize a woman. Um, you know, having her sit around and be oogled and ogled at, and um, people inappropriately rubbing her stomach. Right, and a lot of the games that people tend to play, you know, with the baby bottles and the diaper game that you said and. Um, measuring the, the the mommy's tummy and you know even the decorations, right? So the decorations don't really, they're not really a celebration of motherhood. It's more kind of just infant stuff everywhere. And I, I thought I'll, that that was interesting. And it also is like if you think about it for a second, it also this is where we start to I, I would say when people talked about like, well, baby showers are for men only, as if it's a concrete rule. I want to be clear, I want to be upfront. Ba- what baby showers are for wi- for women, women only. only. I want to be clear right. because I if you want to throw a woman only or you want to exclude, you know, 
you know, non, not, if you want to exclude certain people from it, I should say, cool. It's totally up to you. But the idea of someone saying there's a concrete rule of like, this is what it is. It really, I think you could draw a strong line back to this like 40s, 50s generation of baby boomers Mm -hmm. and say, well, at that time, the idea of like focusing on building the home and like keeping the home and raising the children, that wasn't how men were expected to act at that. Like that wasn't the, the idea was like, no, the men go off and work and the women stay home and take care of the children and take care of the house. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like oh well it makes sense that baby showers are only for women no it do- it doesn't because like in this day and age everybody's gonna take care of raising a child and there's so many different structures in the home not just like maybe the father stays home and the woman goes to work but also like maybe it's two mothers maybe it's two fathers maybe it's you know single parent maybe it's there's so many different combinations and different structures of how it could be. Like, I would still throw a baby shower for two dads who are adopting a kid. Like, Absolutely. So it, it just comes down to, no, the world has changed, and it's no longer just expected for the woman to stay home and take care of the baby and the dude to go off and work. So, of course, dudes wouldn't come to baby shower. They don't need to worry about taking care of the baby. I'm super excited to get baby stuff. I love opening. I'm looking right now at cool baby tag that's sitting to my left. That makes me really happy. I'm just saying that, like, we got a lot of questions this week, and we'll address some of them, where people said, like, what do you do for, like, the father? And it's just, like, invite him to the party. Like, if you want. If you want. But don't feel like you have to not do it because it's not. That's silly. Do whatever you want. It's your party. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what all of my research says for the, you know, the 21st century. This is a time where you know, we have these traditions and much like getting married, you are free to pick and choose the traditions that you like the best. If you want to have an all-female baby shower, go for it. If you want to have a mixed-gender baby shower, that's fine too. If you want to request all unisex toys and, and clothing, fine. All that stuff, anything that you want is okay at this point, as long as you communicate politely to your guests and be considerate. I mean, it's the same thing that we talk about with, like, the wedding party when we talk about the wedding party stuff. Yeah. Like, have the people there that you want there. Don't worry about rules, quote unquote, because they don't exist. No one's going to, like, smash into your front window and arrest you because you invited your friend Steve to come to your baby shower. It doesn't matter. It's absolutely fine. And you know what? I think it's time to move to all of our questions. Great. But first, here's a word from another Max Fun show. So, Teresa, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. You're pregnant, right? Last time I checked. Great. How important is a good night's sleep when you can get it? Oh, my gosh. Just the fact that I wake up several times during the night to pee has made me appreciate all of the times when I could just sleep straight through the night like a rock. I wish. I wish for those days. I don't think that they'll ever really happen again. Um, everybody says that you're super tired when you have a baby. Well, I, yes, I think that's traditional wisdom. But at the very least, once the baby is born, I'll be able to take some shifts and you can just sleep. Yes. Um, I'm very much looking forward to um, when we move into our new apartment and we get all of our stuff back <gasps> and we get our Casper. On our Casper. We get our Casper mattress back. We've been sleeping on a Casper mattress for the last two years. Um, and we love it. And I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor this week. It's legitimate. It's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Teresa and I, when we first got together, we had uh, differing opinions of mattress firmness. I, I like a fairly soft mattress. And, and I was all for super firm. And then we got the Casper mattress, and it's such a perfect blending of both. It's the best night's sleep I've ever had. Um, and, you know, the best thing about it is it's relative. Like, I'm not going to say it's cheap because that makes it sound not great, but it's so affordable and it's such a great price because they keep their overhead down. They, you know, they use great 
materials and everything, but they just don't have brick and mortar stores. They don't have all the overhead that you get at like huge mattress warehouses and those kinds of stores. And and how long is their like tryout period? A hundred days. A hundred days. You would never be able to stay in a mattress store on a mattress for a hundred days. No, and then you say would we become a news it. story. They would be reporting on you. The no- local news would come and say like, area man won't leave mattress store. <laughs> but let's Going face on 57 it, days. 10 minutes laying on a mattress in a mattress store is not enough. You need that time. And I am so glad that you get it with Casper. Not that I would return it anyway, because it's awesome. No, it's incredible. Um, and right now, listeners of Schmanders can get $50 towards any mattress purchased just by going to www.casper.com slash Schmanners, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, and using the promo code Schmanners. Terms and conditions apply. We love these mattresses. Go check it out. I love forget-me-nots. I'm Jesse. I'm Jordan. And we've been doing Jordan Jesse Go for almost 10 years now. And it's not gotten any easier to describe. So we asked our fans to do it for us. Jordan Jesse Go is a weekly conversation with two best pals, two hilarious friends, the hilarious smart kids talking about hilarious stuff that happens to them. Mostly really stupid stuff. Awkward anecdotes, insane tangents, heartfelt stuff. It's like being thrown in the middle of a hilarious conversation between you and your best pal. It's a show that makes me laugh every week, which is pretty rare and wonderful. It might be the best thing on the internet. One of the funniest things you will hear. And it's the best part of my week and has kept me company for the past seven years through all sorts of life. I love those guys. That's Jordan Jesse Go, the comedy podcast that's been named Best of iTunes. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite podcasting software. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. The great questions of your life. The great questions of your life. Should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Put ketchup on a hot dog. Toilet paper. Over or under. Toilet paper. Star Wars, Star Wars or Star Trek? Or Star Trek. Fear not, my friends. Fear not, Mark my and friends. Hal always reach the definitive answer. Simply listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Pacific on Maximum Fun. Fine. We got this. Your better self is right around the corner. Namaste. Okay, we're back. Uh, we got a lot of questions this week. Great. Let us discuss them, shall we? This one is from Megan. If you give a bunch of useful hand-me-downs, are you also expected to buy something off the registry? Etiquettely speaking, um, if you have provided a hand-me-down that is similar to something on the registry, I would say you are golden. Yeah. And I think also, like, if you bring something incredibly sentimental and beautiful, you're probably also golden. Yes. But it really comes down to, as with most things what the recipients want. Well, and your relationship to the recipient. Like, come on, guys. If you all are friends, no one is going to begrudge you not getting something off of the registry if what you had are are immaculate hand-me-downs. Um, especially if you guys, like I said, if you're friends. Um, it may become a little more dicey the more further you are removed from the, the mother. Um, but I would say that especially, like I said, if it's very similar to something on the registry or like you said, if it is gorgeous and beautiful handmade, then you're great. The one thing I would, uh, warn against, and I'd warn against this in any kind of thing, whether it's a housewarming or wedding presents, uh, a baby shower gift, don't make design choices for the person you're getting it for. Like, don't get them wall hangings for the nursery and say, I thought you could do the nursery jungle themed, like, uh, but we don't want to do it jungle, that kind of thing. You know, like try not to make design choices for them. But if it's something that like you've put a lot of thought into and it's like, this was my, you know, grandmother's silver rattle. And like, here you like, that's so sweet to me that you don't then have to say, and also I got you a bunch of like bottle, you know, rubber nipples. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> We're probably fine with the silver thing. And um, include a gift receipt. Yeah, maybe not for the silver rattle, but always good. Uh, this is from Jess. Is it too pushy to ask for only gender neutral gifts? I, I don't think that it is. Um, I think that if your registry is... Uh, is visibly gender neutral. People will take a look at that gender neutral 
registry and they will see, aha, I see a theme here. Yeah. And and hopefully pay attention. Um, as far as including it on like an invitation, I think that that might still be frowned upon by the older older generation of people that you would invite to your shower. Um, generally speaking, in that invitation generation, you would put the the registry notice on a separate piece of paper inside the invitation. Um, so mm, it really just depends on how you ask for it, I would say. Um, if it's like an evite and, you know, it's a little informal thing anyway, go for it. Say that, you know, we'd really, we're really only asking for gender neutral gifts, use your imagination, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I would also say, once again, it, it depends on who you're inviting. If this is like a party just for you and your friends versus you and all your extended family versus you and like everyone you go to church with mm-hmm. versus you and all your coworkers, like it, yeah. it, it's a different scenario of what you can do. My advice would be, um, like you said, make the registry, but then accept that there will always, it's just like when you're doing wedding gr- gifts and you say like cash only, please, mm-hmm. like there will still be people who get you flatware and there will still be people who get you, you know, a, a set of China, like it will just happen. Right. And hopefully those people include gift receipts yes. so that you can go back and get something that you will actually enjoy using. Um, I would say two sneaky options you could always do. Oh, sneaky. One, don't reveal the gender ahead of time. And kind of, like, force people to get you gender-neutral gifts. Or two, request, like, Amazon gift cards or, like, those prepaid, you know, debit cards. Mm -hmm. And say, like, you know, we'll we'll get it ourselves. Thank you for helping facilitate our our babies. Like, we had to do that because we didn't have a place to live yet. So, like, we didn't want people to buy us anything because we didn't know where we were going to live after we uh, finished filming the TV show. Yeah, we didn't have anywhere to put it. So we've got a bunch of like Amazon gift cards to use. So we kind of skirted the issue a little bit. Right. Uh, This is from Liz. What if you really want to go but can't afford a gift? Is a card acceptable? At my baby shower, yes, a card is acceptable. Um, I think that most most people who have a baby shower kind of get inundated with gifts. And so uh, your presence is present enough. Yep. That's a good way to look at it because, like, especially as I've grown older and I've I've become to really value the close personal friendships that I have in my life, I would say that any friend who is disappointed that you're there but didn't bring a gift and is upset about that is not a very good friend. Um, and sorry if that's too bold a statement, folks, but at the end of the day, I'm just happy to see my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to... now. That said, I do understand a little bit of a disappointment. Like, if you invited a bunch of people and nobody brought presents. Nobody brought presents. Sure. But I'm just saying, like, it's okay to be a little bit disappointed. But at the end of the day, I'm just happy that they're there. And just remember, there are so many other things that you can offer. Instead of material goods, you can offer free babysitting. You can offer, um, I'll bring a meal to you guys once the baby is born. Um, You can offer to, to... Take the whole family out. Maybe say one day we'll go to the zoo together. We, you know, we'll have an outing all together. Any of that stuff is also appreciated. So a gift of your time is also very generous. And and just to point out, I do want to say, Liz, bringing a card is bringing a gift. It, better to do something like because it shows like, hey, I put some time into this. I put some thought into this and I thought of you. In this yes. circumstances, the thought that counts really applies here. Because I think that there is a difference between showing up empty-handed and showing up with something, with like a card or, you know, a, a framed photo, you know, like just yeah, something. that's a great idea, bringing a photo or bringing um, something, you know, that you've, you've made for them, whether it's like, uh, you know, some sort of drawing or um, maybe it's just as simple as you got some ribbon and made some bows. If it's a, if it, if that's something that the parents might like, you Uh, know, this is from a cosplay devotee on Twitter. If no one offers to throw you a baby shower, is it rude to ask or just throw it for yourself? Technically speaking, 
You're not really supposed to throw yourself a baby shower. But if you have some very um, covert friends who you trust to um, to explain to them, listen, um, nobody's planned anything. Can somebody put something together for me? That's totally cool. I don't see any issue with that because what you don't want to run to is in a scenario where everyone assumes that someone else is planning a shower for exactly. you. And then suddenly everybody's like, wait, is no one throwing a shower for you? And it's like, no, no. So I don't think there's any harm in going to your best friend and be like, hey, I'd really love it if you could plan a shower for me. And also, because then you can also say to that friend, like, that will be your gift to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good exchange. Right. So asking someone to throw one for you or, you know, kind of like putting it out into your group of friends that no one has done it yet, I think is acceptable. But it's still kind of taboo to throw one for yourself. But I will also say, if you want to throw one for yourself, I, Travis McElroy, fully endorse it. You do? Because no one has a problem if you throw a birthday party for yourself. No one has a problem if you throw a housewarming party for yourself. No one has a problem if you throw a graduation party for yourself. No one has a problem if you throw, like... But for some reason, baby shower, you're supposed to wait for other people to do for you. No, no, no. Here's a caveat. I don't don't agree. I'm going to put a caveat on it. Okay. If if that is what you you find yourself doing, please designate someone else to, quote, host the shower. Yes, I think that's fine. Um, One... Because you don't, it's hard to be pregnant. <laughs> and to organize all of that stuff is is also really time consuming. And hopefully you can get a friend to organize it for you and do all that kind of stuff. And then two, um, it's supposed to be kind of a pampering event for the mother. And so if the mother is also doing hosting duties, you know, filling glasses, uh, making sure that, that guests are entertained, things like that, then you won't have such a good time. So I'm, I'm just putting a little amendment on your statement that you should find someone to play acting host. I would also say that you should really only think about throwing a baby shower for yourself if no one else is going to do it. Like, I don't, because... It is also a thing that people like to do for other people mm-hmm. um, and and something that oftentimes people look forward to doing for other people. So if you came out the gate super early and were like, and I'm doing it for myself, and you didn't give your you know, family and friends an opportunity to do it, you might be taking something very fun away from them. Um, but that does lead me to a question, and I hope that you know this. How early or how long, how long do you wait to start When's the right time in the pregnancy to have the baby shower? Generally four to six weeks before the due date. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to roll out at like week 12 and be like, it's baby shower time. Right. Okay. Um, well, because there are there are several factors. Um, one, you want to make sure that, that the the parents-to-be are ready to receive these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And at, like you said, 12 weeks, they're probably not not ready. Not mentally prepared. <laughs> Not mentally prepared. They're probably a little overwhelmed. <laughs> exactly. But towards the end of the pregnancy, that's when people are really like thinking about logistics. What do we need? And and there's that sort of nesting kind of behavior that starts to happen, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't usually set in until a little later. And there are also, let's be honest, lots of different complications and lots of issues and lots of problems that can arise mm-hmm. and just lots of Plans that can change and lots of things that can change. So doing it too early could definitely, like, I I will say, especially coming from that we have had a miscarriage before and now we're having, you know, this child and everything's going great so far. But if at, like, week 15 people have been like, and we want to throw you a party and celebrate, I would have been so, like, anxious and so, like, no, it's too early, it's too early, like... Give us some time to settle into it, get comfortable with the idea, see a bunch of ultrasounds, get used to the idea of like, yeah, this is the baby, we're doing it. It's, I think it's better to wait. Yeah. And, you know, read a few, a few books and talk to some people and like figure out what it is that you actually want for your baby. It takes time. Uh, This is from Nicole. Is there a polite way to decline participation in traditional baby shower games? Many of these games are so bad for my anxiety, it's physically painful. Oh, Nicole, I am so right there with you. <laughs> um, I, I think that the best way 
to decline the game is to speak with the hostess um, and let them know that this re or sorry, the best way to decline a game is to speak with the host so that they can kind of shepherd you away from there and, and not try and push you into the games. Um, so speak with the person hosting the party and let them know about your problems. They may not even be planning any of those games. Um, Carol gave us a really great baby shower and the games were all what, what are typically called pencil games yeah where you you write on paper and it was they're like, like trivia things trivia no performance stuff. it wasn't about being funny or how silly you could be because here's the thing I, I if you are planning to host on the other side of this make your games opt in yeah not opt out make it like okay and anybody who wants to play some games let's go in the dining room because there are some people who just don't want to i'm one of those as much as I love making people laugh and I love being silly and I love doing funny things, the second someone goes, and now you got to be silly in a game format, I get like anxious, yeah. you know, like I get performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. So the idea of like, make sure everybody's comfortable. You never go wrong at a party making people comfortable. Exactly. So um, those are a couple suggestions. Make, you know, make yourself known to the host. Uh, make sure that they understand the, the nature of you not wanting to participate. It's nothing against the host or the mother. It's it's about you and the things that you need. Um, and make your games opt in instead of opt out. And plan awesome games like trivia games. <laughs> yeah. And a variety of games is a good idea. Like if, if one of your games is like and everybody writes down their guesses and submits it and the closest to whatever – that's easy versus like now we all stand up and get blindfolded and act like a baby or whatever like that. That's silly. I don't I don't but think if you that wanna, that's one of the games. It might be. I, I don't know. I haven't read all the books. This is from a person with maybe one of my favorite names. I don't know if it's real, but it's great. El Del Fuego. Oh, wow. How do you politely decline someone's offer to throw you a baby shower if you're just not a shower type? Follow up. If you do decline a shower, is it tacky to have a registry? Well, okay. So the first part is how do you decline a shower? I think that um, the nature of baby showers is that it is often thrown by someone close to you. And hopefully they already know that you are not the shower type. Um, and that's not something that you appreciate, or you have a good enough relationship with them where you can graciously decline their offer. I mean, hmm. what, do, what do you think, honey? I would say that if it's not the case, if you do not know the person, say it's like a coworker who's like, oh, and we'll throw you a baby shower. I would say you have two options. Option one is that you try to angle it towards a small event, like something in the office break room. And like, well, let's just make it like people like have a cake in the office break room and everybody can take, you know, a minute away to like do it. And, but here's the thing. Once again, this is the kind of scenario in life where you get out of it as much as you are willing to be honest about it. So if someone throws, wants to throw you a shower, I don't think in this day and age there's anything wrong with looking at them and saying, you know, I'm just not the shower type. I don't know that I'd be comfortable with that. Thank you so much, though. I really appreciate you offering. Tell them what you want. The only way to get what you want is to tell people what you want. And I think you can be very polite about it. I'm nodding my head yes in agreement. I don't think you have to be like, no, I hate shower. Ooh, gross. I think you can just say like, oh, I appreciate that. Because at the end of the day, like, you're the one going through it. Like, you're the one for whom this life change is happening. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you don't want it, just say you don't want it in the politest, nicest way possible. And then the registry question, I I think that it's fine to have a registry, even if you don't have a shower, it helps you keep track of the things that you've bought and still want. Um, and it also helps anyone who might want to send you a gift that couldn't come to a shower, even if you were having one, uh, you know, like distant relatives and things like that. People want to know what it is that you need. And so if someone says to you, I would like to buy a gift for your oncoming, your upcoming child. Did you um, almost call it oncoming spawn? Because that's what I've been calling the baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, upcoming child, what would you like? Then you can point them to the registry. I don't think that there's any problem with that. I do think that you may not be able to take advantage of some stores, complete your registry deals if you didn't actually have 
people buy stuff off the registry. That's probably true. I would also say if you decline to do a shower, maybe don't like email blast out your registry Mm -hmm. to people and be like, but I do expect presents. But then you have a link for people who ask or, you know, for like close family members, that kind of thing. Right. Maybe don't like broadcast it out if you opted not to have a party. I agree with that. Uh, This is from Mary. And I like this as a thought experiment. Twins, how does that change gift expectations for guests? Oh, boy. I mean, really, I not to jump in, but there's a lot of stuff that's like it, the number of babies does not change the present. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I'm looking right here at a uh, like monitoring system that we were given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like you don't need two of those. Not everything doubles. Maybe it's like double onesies, you know what I mean? But like right. a diaper pail, that doesn't. Double. That doesn't you a, double. You have a trash can for that. Like a diaper bag, maybe a slightly bigger one, but you don't need two of them, you right. know? Well, and I would also say that a lot of these gifts come in multi-packs. Um, so you don't have to give two multi-packs. There are two babies. You can give a single multi-pack with, like if it's um, onesies, for example, uh, which is something that is a great gift I, I, I've, I've loved our little stockpile that we've got, um, because, because <laughs> I'm of the opinion that once a onesie is covered in poop, I'm just probably going to throw it away. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but they come in multi-packs with lots of patterns. Um, and so. And you don't even need them for that long anyways. Yeah. Like they're sized like zero to three months, three to six months, six to nine months, nine to, you know what I mean? Like. This, you're, not, you're not getting a onesie that the kid will wear and wear till they're three years old. Exactly. Like, so a lot of these things come in multi-packs. You probably wouldn't have to buy several of those. Now, there is stuff like strollers and a crib and these that things. Are that are meant for doubles. They yeah. make double strollers. But then you have like to that. move from a single stroller to a double. So there is definitely an increase in it. But... I would say gift expectation is to plan accordingly for stuff like that. Like if there's going to be two kids and you were thinking about getting them a stroller, okay, now you have to get them a double double stroller, you know, or you go in with someone on it. But like, I cannot imagine being a parent with twins on the way for whom someone got like a single capacity crib or single capacity stroller or something like that, where I'd be like, okay, I can't use this. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate this thing I can't use. This is from Andrea. I have two questions. First question. Dry baby showers, yay or nay? Most showers I've been to have had some form of alcohol. I'm going to say it's your party. Throw it how you want. It's dependent, you know, because some people, you know, like mothers-to-be may say, I would like it to be dry because if I, because I can't partake. Or there will be people who say, like, no, listen, if I could, I'd be drinking, so let everybody do it. It's, yeah. It's up to them. Throw the, throw the party that the, like, parents-to-be would want. Yeah. Um, not based on, like, what you think people would want. And I think that it's always important to have at a shower a non-alcoholic option. Um, and I've also expressed it at, at dinner parties. I think you should have a non-alcoholic option. Um, so there's always going to be that option, the non-alcoholic. And if you want to provide alcoholic beverages, then that's up to you and the parents. Um, and the second question, what about not opening gifts? Is it acceptable as long as thank you notes are sent? Um, this is actually something that Rachel and I encountered where we specifically asked for cards being as how, um, Rachel and Griffin do not live here in Huntington where it was held. And you, uh, Travis and I are planning on moving very shortly. So we didn't want to amass gifts just to pack them up and then move them three hours. So we asked for gift cards. Um, And as part of that, we decided not to open them at the party for a couple of reasons. One, um, it's a little boring. It's not like something you can pass around. You can read a card out loud that accompanies a gift card, and that's very sweet. Um, But you can only be surprised that it's an Amazon gift card so many times. Right. Um, And then it also, oftentimes these Amazon gift cards or or gift cards in general will have the delineation of the, uh, the monetary amount 
right on the card. And so I felt that it was inappropriate to open the cards and have that monetary amount displayed when there are several people who probably could not give as much as other people. It removes the suspension of disbelief is when you're opening physical presents and like, yeah, clearly that stuffed animal did not cost as much as that stroller, Mm -hmm. but like the monetary value is not written right on it to compare directly. So we can all like forget how much everything costs, Mm -hmm. but with a gift card with $25 written on it versus $150, People might sit there and be like, oh, they give 150 I only give 25 I feel bad right. now. I didn't want anyone to feel like they hadn't given enough because what I really wanted was people to come and have a good time and say hello and things like that. So uh, th- that is why we declined not to open them. We did, uh, right before everyone left, we did make sure to make a public announcement that we were so happy everyone came. Thank you so much. And then uh, we did very shortly mail out our thank you cards. Um, so that's that's one circumstance where I really think that it is not appropriate to open gifts. Um, and if you if you choose that road and you are expecting physical gifts, I think that there are a couple of ways around it. One, you can ask that gifts be shipped directly to, the parents' home, as opposed to brought to the shower. Um, you also can make a kind of a takeaway bag situation where we're not displaying the gifts. We're just going to put them in these paper bags so that they can be taken directly to the, the new parents' home. There are ways around it um, without just flat-out refusing to open gifts. And if you speak to whoever your host is, they can plan around that. You say you don't want to open gifts at the party. Well, we won't give anyone an opportunity to ask you to open gifts. We're going to have drinks and lunch and game and goodbye. I I really think, though, that this is one of those circumstances that comes down to the answer is use your best judgment. Like if you have a group of friends or a group of family that you know like puts a lot of thought and is going to bring very thoughtful gifts that they really like want to shit. Like everybody's going to want to like pass around and do the whole like reveal and like, I made you a quilt, you know, like that kind of thing. Like then, yeah, you should open gifts. Um, I would say that if I um, put a lot of thought into a gift as a very thoughtful gift and then, I brought it to the person and then it just sat on a table and then they just took it home with them. I could definitely see where I would be a little bit upset or a little bit offended by that. Well, but that is something that often happens at weddings. You don't, you're not, nobody is really offended when people don't open gifts at a reception. True. I mean, it's a, it's a question of expectations. Um, you know, I, I, you could also like go individually. Like if it's a person who brings a physical gift and like they're very excited about it, open it right there as soon as they hand it to you and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then put it back on the table. You don't necessarily have to sit down and have an event part where everybody watches you open the presents. That's a good compromise option as opposed to just not having anything done. Yeah. Like if your grandmother hands you a gift and says, this is very special. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to open it right now. You don't have to wait. Then it makes less of a spectacle if that's what you are hoping to avoid. Exactly. Um, I think that's going to do it for us this week. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for going on iTunes, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Thank you for checking out all the other amazing MaximumFun.org shows. There's a ton on there. Um, You're going to like all of them. But at the very least, I would say you're going to like three quarters of them. But probably all of them. Um, If you're interested in checking out other shows that the McRoys do... Um, most of which are on Max Fun, but not all of them. You can go to MacRoyShows.com and check that out. Um, if you have any ideas, any subject ideas, anything you'd like for us to talk about on the show, um, we got a really good response to our last two bio episodes. So if there's anybody you want us to do a biography episode on, let us know. I like doing those a lot. Um, we want to say thank you to Brent, Brentofloss Black for doing our intro and outro music, which is available as a ringtone on iTunes. And I think maybe Android? I'm not sure. 
I'm going to have to check in with Brent on that. Um, and thank you to Kayla and Wassel who did our amazing uh, uh, logo. Um, let's see. what else? Who else should we thank? I want to thank uh, Clinton Carroll for our lovely baby shower. And then um, my future baby shower, which is going to be provided by my friends Maggie Lou and Kelly. Thank you for in advance for that baby shower as well. Uh, I also want to say thank you to everybody who's helped us as we transition from Los Angeles to West Virginia and then West Virginia to Cincinnati. Um, and with, there's been, oh, there's been oh so much going on in our lives between filming the TV show, apartment hunting, pregnancy, cross country moves, a lot going on. And a lot of people in our lives have been very wonderful. Yeah, we really appreciate especially all the, the family times that we've had here. And we really, really love you guys. Thanks we love so everybody. Much. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.